0: Radio Star Studio Interviews, Kim Richards, part two. So now your illustrious dancing career certainly doesn't end there. Uh, after you dance with Rickles, where does this uh, tour take you? Oh, well, that was just the
1: Don Rickles special was just a week-long taping in Las Vegas. Oh, that's
0: right, because that's where you were, you were stationed, as that's it where, were. Yes. Now, what is it like uh, being a, a regular in a tourist town? A local in a tourist town.
1: Well, you don't go out on a Saturday night, for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely amateur night. We would literally sit around. And and my roommate at the time uh, was Mark Tan, who was the most influential critic in Las Vegas. He wrote for The Hollywood Reporter, as well as many Las Vegas papers. Okay. Uh, and that was such a learning curve for me, being 17, 18 years old, living with th- this man who literally has to go to all of the shows. And there was several roommates that came and went, you know, some were on the road, some were not, um, or they would stay when they were in town. And a lot of times, you ate that day because you were the one—you were the roommate that got chosen to go to the dinner show that night with Mark. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> like we're having dinner. Woohoo! And back then, you could get comps to shows, but we—it would be like, okay, I have a comp to the dinner show, but I have to get enough money to toke because you could never not toke. So, you had to scrounge up 20 bucks because you had to give 10 to the doorman, 10 okay. to the mater D, and 10
0: to the waiter. Now, the word you used was toke. Toke? Meaning tip. Tip. Yes. That's it. not what I thought. <laughs> 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 it's 420 somewhere, but not right now. <laughs> so, not toking in the sense that uh, we couldn't resist uh, you intimating
1: could, but that you would not stiff them, yes. <laughs> so, you would never get a comp ticket and stiff the mater D or the waiter. Right on. And for us, coming up with 20 bucks was a lot. Now, we never thought, you know, $20, we could go out and buy dinner. No, 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 no. We need the $20 to give away so we get the free dinner at the show.
0: (laughs) You were totally a creature of your environment. Right, right. Did you meet some Oh, yes. And because of
1: of my relationship with Mark, I got to meet a lot of the stars back then. Some of them I actually got to be friends with, like Sammy Davis. And I made dinner for Bobby Gentry. No! (laughs) I remember he dragged me to Steve and Edie. I'm like, who wants to see Steve and Edie? Oh, my gosh, they were incredible. Three songs
0: in, I'm in tears, going, this is so beautiful. (laughs) They were amazing. Yeah. I mean, most people don't know of them except if they used to watch the old Carol Burnett show, but they were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They also had those great 70s variety shows. Yes, they did. Yeah, and I
1: got to meet people like Ann Margaret that I didn't want to meet. You didn't want to meet Ann Margaret. He's like, "Come on, we're going to the green room." I, said, I don't I don't want to meet Anne Margaret. He's like, "Come on, we're going to go meet." Now her. why
0: didn't you want to meet Anne Margaret? I don't know. I guess I thought she was kind
1: of a floozy or something, you know. And being a good Catholic girl. <laughs> right. And I remember standing in the in the green room backstage and I was literally over in a corner just waiting till this was over till we could go. No. And she went around the room and personally took the time to introduce herself to everyone including myself. So you had no choice. And I said, "Why is she so nice?" And Mark said, "Well, she slept with everyone. She has to be nice, or they're going to write a book
0: about her." <laughs> <laughs> but not so in the case of Sister, who's out there on no, the road. No. <laughs> So now back to Late Night Catechism. The holidays are coming up, and there is a Christmas version of the show. Is that correct? Yeah, Sister's Christmas
1: Catechism, which is the third installment. We have Late Night Catechism, the original. We have the first sequel, which is Late Night Catechism two. Sometimes we feel guilty because we are guilty. (laughs) And the newest edition, which is Sister's Christmas Catechism, which is an absolute hoot. It's very, very popular. We actually get 10 people up on stage and build a living nativity. So Mm. every night one lucky girl gets to be married
0: (laughs) every little girl's dream right now it is the holidays most people are thinking about heading home you're heading back out to the road have you made families and friends away from home oh I
1: have I do I have St. Paul I have a wonderful family of friends there Pittsburgh I opened in May of 05 on a six-week run and we have so far done 78 weeks and i'm going back there on december 3rd for another month of christmas catechism and then they're talking about bringing the series back again in the spring for the fifth time
0: they love you in they Pittsburgh. they love me in pittsburgh
1: <laughs> Since i was born in pittsburgh so it's this one, it's really
0: a, is full circle for yes, you yes it is it's
1: local girl comes home
0: <laughs> that is unbelievable
1: and uh, one of the one of the best experiences was going back to holy names high school up in the oakland hills where okay. i went to school as a nun <laughs> Walking the grounds in the habit. Walking the grounds in the habit and actually being allowed in the convent, which oh. we, would never, we were never privy to back when we were in school. That was the big mystery about what, you know, what does the convent look like and what goes on in there and did the nuns have hair and all that. You know? <laughs> did the nuns have hair? Yes. Okay. They, had, they have no ears, but they have hair. See, I wondered. <laughs> I wondered about that.
0: All right, now I have to ask this question. Um, has being a nun changed since you were in school? Is it a different world for nuns? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Tell us how that's oh Because no, I started in the
1: early 60s when they were still in full habit. Okay. When they were not allowed to go out at night. When they had to go everywhere in pairs. <laughs> when, you know, they couldn't drive. when you know So many restrictions okay. on this. And, then, of course, Vatican II changed a lot of that. Okay, of course. The habits were the very first... Big change that, First that came in. Go. And that didn't happen overnight. They didn't go from full habit to Bermuda short. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very gradual change. But the
0: image is brilliant in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that was done in an effort to make the nuns seem more accessible to the community. So they did not appear so different and cloistered from everyone else. And the hemline went up literally inch by inch by inch. And it went from the black to a dark brown or a dark blue. And then the colors got a little lighter. And the veils got modified. And the wimples got smaller. Now Uh explain what a wimple is. A wimple is the part that covers the neck. Okay, Okay. so the wimple covers the entire neck. The gimp, or bib, is the big white thing that you see in in front that the crucifix usually lays on in a variety of of sizes. Did I just
0: hear you say that the nun wears a gimp suit? Is is that that basically what you just said?
1: (laughs) Well, the gimp is a part of it, yes. Just checking. This is my wimple, this is my gimp. (laughs) And, of course, the, the top part that supports the veil is the day cap and then the veil the day cap the day cap yes and so then little by little they started to show bangs you know and then a little bit of hair on the side and oh so
0: it was goodness. a gradual
1: change and now you can't spot the nuns you know they're out sporting the latest fall fashions from Sears yeah
0: yeah of course usually that is how you can
1: spot them they are wearing the latest fall fashions from Sears others yes.
0: poly cotton blends <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> but we love the ladies and certainly not casting any aspersions on them now i have to ask you because uh you know usually you're in a show and you're 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 a merry band of troubadours, even if you're on the road, but you are on the road alone. I'm on the road alone, Yeah. So what is, obviously that's not easy, but you know. Sometimes it's
1: more difficult than others. There's some gigs that you do that you really don't know anyone. When I was in Detroit, I was out in the suburbs of Detroit at the Macomb Performing Arts Center, which is actually a fabulous performing arts center. But my crew was very young. They're all, and they would be gone by the time I come back from the meet and greet, and I didn't know a soul anywhere, you know, for hours. Away. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's, and I don't know. It's not like when you were dancing in Las Vegas where you go out and sit at the bar and the bartender just goes, uh, you got 3 but 3 drinks coming. What do you want first?
0: Right. You know? Okay. Sister doesn't get the same hits as I'm as, thinking not as a dancer in Las Vegas. I bet the stage door johnnies are a little different too. I uh, yeah. <laughs> as in there are none. <laughs> oh come on somebody really pious hanging around the stage door <laughs> well part of it is that they really do think you're a nun right yeah right now you're wearing the old-fashioned for lack of a better term full-on black
1: yes habit. the black and
0: white habit Yes, yeah, sister wears full habit so you
1: see just the, the circle of the face and about midway from the hand down that's that's the only skin that shows and do you have a ruler do I have a ruler? Yeah. Yeah, it's illegal to use, but I have it. <laughs> <laughs> so just holding it up is sometimes plenty. Yes, and I can't beat them, but I can break them. So I find the bejeebies out of them. <laughs> okay. So what they used to get whacked for, now they get fined for. You come in late, that's a buck. All right, you're chewing gum, it gets confiscated.
0: So have you actually raised
1: money and donated money? Oh, as the actually, result that's of a this? huge part of the show. Okay. which is, I think, one of the most rewarding is giving back to the nuns that started this whole thing, because without them, there wouldn't be a late night catechism. No. And at the end of each show, we do a collection to benefit a local order of retired sisters. Yesterday morning on my way out of town, I did a sister's Christmas catechism in Great Falls, Montana on Thursday night. Oh yeah, Great (laughs) Falls. But we did go to the Tiki Bar, the Sip and Dip afterwards.
0: (laughs) Oh, and it's literally called the Sip and Dip. The Sip
1: and Dip, right? And they have an indoor pool and there was actually a mermaid swimming in the indoor pool with the glass facing the bar and the woman sitting at the, you know, 12 keyboards around the piano bar.
0: Fabulous. It was
1: like going back in time. Yes. So on my way out of town, before I went to the airport yesterday morning, I went to the Ursuline Academy. And I handed the two little nuns a little bag with $1,134 in it that I collected the night before. That's
0: incredible. And the,
1: and the youngest nun they have there is 80 years old. Oh. Now, she didn't make it, but the other, uh, another couple of the nuns, the one that was 93 and the one that was 94, both made it to the show.
0: 94. <laughs> See, clean living yeah. does pay. Look at how I know these people girls People say, are how come the
1: nuns live so long? I said, because they're not around any men. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <clears throat> Sitting right here. Sitting right here. <laughs> well, except for the priests, of course. <laughs> yes. And yet again, not around any. Mi- no, I'm kidding. Just. Great respect for gentlemen of the Cloth. <laughs> you, Kim Richards, have run the gamut. You have done so many things, and you're also a director. I am, yes. So we, uh, we want to ask you a few questions about the state of theater from your many different hats, from your perspective, because everyone we've had on the show, uh, beginning with this, just organically this would come up, but now it's become our, our little habit to talk about the state of theater mm. and, and, and the future of theater. And just Is theater dying? Oh, not at all. Oh, it's so good to hear that. Why do you think that?
1: Well, because even though the numbers of people that go to live theater are much smaller than those that will go to, say, a football game, <laughs> <laughs> or stay home and watch whatever insipid comedy is on tonight, or reality show, hello, <laughs> there is always going to be a, a, a portion of the population of the community that absolutely thrives on going to live theater.
0: Okay. Do you think theater makers of today need to modify their approach to reaching audiences?
1: I don't know if we doing what we're doing. What do you think? Well, I think it depends on each theater because I know okay. in a lot of theaters, like Dan and I met at CCT, the California Conservatory Theater in San Leandro, which is a very successful little theater, but they cater to their audience. Okay. And if their season is four or five plays, they'll do four or five, four that they absolutely know that the audience has requested and will come to see. And then they'll take one, and that'll be, you the know. The risk. <laughs> yeah, the risk. This is try something new. You know, you love everything else we do. So trust us that we're going to show you a, a new avenue. Okay.
0: Now, as you've been traveling, most of the theaters that you've been working in with, uh, with, late night catechism and and its amazing sequels have they been in urban urban environments or suburban environments has there been a, a trend there? it's all of the above
1: they have okay. what they, they call their professional gigs which are which go to big theaters i did okay. just did a couple of weeks at the fabulous blumenthal performing arts center in charlotte north uh, carolina north which carolina. is a wonderful performing arts center and then you know two nights ago i was at the gym <laughs> 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 of Central Catholic High in Great Falls,
0: <laughs> it's like being sent to an affluent parish to do your your service, or to sent to a not so affluent. Right. Parish. Well, some like the
1: the ones that we do in the gym are generally fundraisers for the school or the church. That's terrific. And those are basically one night, sometimes two shows, but usually just one. And then uh, the ongoing shows are usually in the, the more prestigious theaters, <laughs> more a little more in the heart of the city, as it were.
0: Now, The Last Writer's Strike is sort of a bouncing around question, but uh, The Last Writer's Strike, uh, we can thank that for all the uh, reality shows that came out. Well, I th- actually think it was the <laughs> <laughs> easy
1: for me to say, The Director's Strike. Okay, there you go. That that prompted the first yeah. reality Spate. TV show,
0: which was uh, Survivor. Right. Right. Because The Last Writer's Contract was 20 years ago. Right. Yes, I misspoke. It was The Director's Strike. Yeah. It was Director's Strike, yeah. So uh, what do you think with the... I'm scared to death.
1: Yeah. I am. For the, Just for the state of... For the state of television, <laughs> okay. basically. Just come <laughs> right out and say it, Ms. Richards. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm not a fan of reality TV. No, I'm, not everyone I'm, is. I'm, yeah. Uh,
0: there, there are some I watch, like a train wreck, because I can't tear my eyes away, and, and and some I never watch. And there are a few I admit to... to I like the talent-oriented ones. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of Nashville Star. Oh, uh, yeah. Love the natural star. Um, but uh, have you ever thought of uh, taking a shot at one of the reality programs? I mean, would you do that?
1: Wow, well, I have not thought of that. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> would you be
0: on uh, Real World or something of that nature if they came to you? You know, I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know what Real World is. Excellent.
1: <laughs> but then I work nights, too, so I I really don't see a lot of, of Your television. Your viewing isn't so much. No, like it's not so much. My viewing starts time. around midnight. <laughs> So what do you watch at midnight, Kim? I watch John Stewart. <laughs> I watch The Colbert Report <laughs> and, and South Park,
0: <laughs> Sex in the City. <laughs> so basically you view what all the rest of us are viewing. <laughs> right. If you're out making theater, you're really not home watching uh, Dr. Phil in the middle of the afternoon. No. no I'm but not. you are not strictly an actor. You are a director. You are a teacher. You you have your own uh, school. You teach children. Spotlight on kids, yes. yes. When did so you I start the URL for oh, that?
1: Boy, that's a... Probably 10 years ago, I think, that I started that. And I had taught at another school here in San Francisco whose name, even if I could remember it, I wouldn't give them a plug (laughs) because I thought that they were really overcharging. And they were really preying on the hopes and dreams of these kids Uh. and just charging outrageous amounts of money for classes and then required headshots and Mm -hmm. always with the promise that they're going to get you an agent, they're going to get you a job. And that's a big, fat lie. No class is going to get you a job. No. Your ability is going to get you the job. Parents so, should
0: be very careful. Exactly, and lines.
1: that's why I started my own school, and I made it affordable. I, I charged what I thought, thought I would pay for an eight-week session of classes, and I was very realistic with them. You know, I said, And I told them, if there is absolutely anything else in this world that drives you, go there. Do that. Do not become an actor unless this is in your blood, unless there is nothing else that makes you who you are. I think that's good advice. It is. And be careful for what you wish. I would draw them the story, the, a picture of, so you want to be famous. All right, let's look at this. Do you like going to Target? Because you can't go anymore after you're famous, right? It's true. Do you like being in regular school? Because all that's gone. Yeah, your life is no longer your life. And let's be really realistic about what goes along with, with that kind of success.
0: That's the best advice you could give them mm-hmm. and for their parents who... Get taken in to spend way too much money on on pictures that aren't going to absolutely those kids lives. absolutely.
1: I would, and by the end of the eight week session, my kids had uh, they had a headshot which they cost them fifty dollars, right? And, and that's they had uh, a resume which they had to make up. They had a cover letter. They had uh, a work permit. They had all of the tools necessary so that if this is what they wanted to do, they were ready to go and do it. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. Now, um, you're on the road a lot. Is your school still going on? Do you, you know, have- I have not.
1: Actually, it's been almost a year now since I've been unable to teach. I had another person teaching with me for a while, and she's now in L.A., so unfortunately, my classes have fallen a bit by the wayside. <laughs> I do uh, an occasional like weekend when Coaching I'm, when I'm in town. right? Intensive. Yeah, I work over at uh, Voice One with Elaine Clark on that
0: sometimes. Okay, so if, if uh, any of our listeners have children or are children or want to pretend they're children and they want to contact <laughs> you about one of these intensives, how would they reach you?
1: Hmm. Let me see. Should I give out my phone number or my email?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they can contact uh, Elaine. Uh, yeah, Elaine school. Clark over at Voice One. Yeah, Elaine Clark at Voice One. And uh, we'll get the URL up for that as well for you. Well, you are heading back out on the road very soon. I but am. But while you... In your spare time like Mm -hmm. you have any you've also directed a play and tell us a little bit about this play that's opening up Uh, it's a wonderful piece it's called it
1: could have been a wonderful life and it is a one-man show written and performed by fred raker who does uh, probably 28 29 different characters throughout i first started working with fred actually fred and i worked together in a show called bar none many years ago
0: oh yes yes
1: (laughs) and i saw his production this first show uh it Could Have Been a Wonderful Life, a number of years ago, and he asked me to come and see it. And then afterwards, he kept calling, asking me, can we talk about my show? And I'd leave a message and say, well, it's wonderful. You did this great, and it's this great, and whatever. And then he called again. And I kept thinking, I, I can't think of anything else to say about how wonderful the show was. Well, what he was getting at was that he wanted to remount it, and he wanted me to direct it. Beautiful. And we had a terrific time. I remember I did a, a um, an interview on the, the public... Uh, uh, what is the national public radio station? NPR. NPR, thank
0: you. <laughs> hey, it wasn't that hard. You gave I, me the words.
1: I, I only- <laughs> I only have seven hours of catechism locked away here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just pushes a lot of other things out of your head.
1: <laughs> and the interviewer was a friend of Fred, and he said, do you mind if we talk about the show after you know we interview Sister? I said, no, I'd love to. And I said, when he called me, I said, oh, I think this is terrific. First of all, you got the one-woman show directing the one-man show, and you got the nun directing the Jew, because ah! it is the Jewish version of the Frank Capra film It's a Wonderful Life, and it's called It Could Have Been a Wonderful Life. It could have been. I said, my only concern, I told Fred, Fred I said I'm I'm afraid I'm going to leave your rehearsal and walk into my show and say oi the day I had in the convent I can't tell you (laughs) (laughs) so and it's a a somewhat autobiographical story of this young writer who does not have the kind of success that he thinks he should have and he's kind of a hit in a small town but he's got a wonderful family but he doesn't have that big Hollywood success so Jack Benny is the angel no, and Jack Penny comes down to show him what his life would have been if he actually had the success that he thought that he wanted.
0: Oh, that's terrific! And it's just
1: hysterical, yeah.
0: Well, if you're in the Bay Area, you can catch it. Again, okay. it's called "It Could Have Been a Wonderful Life." It's playing at the SF Playhouse December 7th through the 16th, and you can check out the website at wonderfullife.org. Kimberly Richards, incredible <laughs> to have you here. Well, thank
1: you so much. I'm I'm honored that you would have me. Uh-
0: It's our pleasure. Now, tell us where you're going to be next and where people can uh, get tickets.
1: Well, actually, uh, if they're in Pittsburgh, uh, the real one with the H. (laughs) No no offense to our friends out there in the East Bay. (laughs) The real one, not the The poser East Bay version. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be on the road uh, until January. And then, actually, I come home the first week in January, and Late Night Catechism will be running on a very limited one show a week, a 2 o'clock matinee on Sunday in San Ramon. And I'm embarrassed to tell you I don't know where in San Ramon. <laughs> but I'm going to go out there, and someone on the freeway will be looking for somebody and a nun, and we'll hook up. It'll be okay. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll just wave you in. I, I hear tell it's something to do with Parks and Rec. So maybe if, if
0: San Ramon has a Park and Rec theater somewhere. Now if people want to find out about late night catechism in general throughout the nation, what's the website for that? Well, you can go to entertainmenteventsinc.com
1: and that will give you the schedule of all of the shows all over the country. You literally you click on a city and you click on a show and it'll tell you what performances are going where. And there's also uh, Mary Pat's company out of LA and she does all the bookings for the West Coast. Okay. Um, has I think it's I think it's funnynun.com Mm funnynone.com will they be able to uh, pick out
0: shows specifically that you're in
1: hmm they can ask sure
0: okay yeah excellent well thank you for being here as always you have been listening to the studio interviews with Dan Wilson as our engineer I'm Diana Brown we'll talk to you soon